I'm Kate Forsdyke and I'm a director of PCS Legal and today I'm joined by the lovely Lexi Carducci who is a property finder, a property developer, investor, property presenter and content director and has built her whole career around property. So hi Lexi. Hello. That is an impressive <laughs> bio I have to say. Well, I'm pretty much obsessed with property. <laughs> like my see. whole life revolves around it so how did you get it so like same with you like yeah what we do so exactly yeah definitely enjoy it so how did you get into the property sector so originally I always wanted to be a singer like that's what I studied at um, university and um, we I went to a small little music school in west london and we didn't have um like student halls yeah meaning it was like tiny little like tiny little school really so we had to rent privately so I rented through this company called Aston Row in Acton in West London and then started dating my estate agent. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he massively, he's a good estate agent, he massively upsold me. <laughs> so we had three students, like, looking for a three-bedroom flat. Yeah. Um, and he took us to a four-bedroom house that was way over our budget, unfurnished. We wanted furnished, but we fell in love with it. And then I fell in love with it, I guess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that was 12 years ago and we're still together. Um, yeah, but that's how I got into it because being a student, like I needed um, a little bit of extra cash, yeah. as you do. <laughs> so I started working for him on a Saturday. And I think that's like such a big tip for people like wanting to get into property, whether you want to get into investing, um, yeah. whether you want to just even learn a bit more about it. Yeah. Go and do a Saturday job in that's an estate agency. really good advice, actually. Like yeah. so many estate agents need a Saturday person. Yeah. You're yeah. there doing admin, you're there covering viewings. And you're meeting a lot of the clients face to face and you're in like a high pressured environment, which is also quite fun because you're, you kind of challenge yourself a bit. Definitely. Um, and I loved doing that. And I learned like everything from just doing those little bits. And then when I finished my course, I went and worked for him for six months permanently. Yeah. Which, again, learned so much. But I also learned that. I didn't want to work necessarily for the vendors and the landlords. That wasn't the bit that I enjoyed. Yeah. I wanted to work for the people. I wanted to do like what Kirsty and Phil do. Yeah. And I was like, why would I need to be Kirsty and Phil? What <laughs> um, so I kind of sat down and said that to him. And we worked a lot with what's called like relocation agents. Okay. Um, so they call us sometimes in lettings and be like, oh, we've got a client that's working with this company. Um, they need to find a property in London. These are their requirements. Do you have anything? So I contacted a couple of those people that would call us and to say, look, I'm actually looking to move more into property finding and yeah. do what you do. Um, and had a couple of interviews with those. Met a really nice guy who was kind of like a one-man band. He'd come out of recruitment, just started up his own relocation company oh, and needed someone with the expertise of working in a state agency. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. And, and he was person. so cool. <laughs> yeah, really nice guy. We're still really good friends now. And I worked for him for about three years. Oh, wow. um, and I loved working for him. Again, because it was just the two of us, we were doing everything from taking all the clients out, yeah. finding new business, doing all the accounts, um, just everything like yeah. all that admin stuff and face-to-face like meeting clients and then we built the business up kind of together and hired my cousin um, and then it just got to a point where it was so full-on we took on a massive tech company oh, wow. um, which was incredible but it was so like burning the candle at both ends and I felt like I just didn't have a life and I think it got to that point where I was like right either I really need to commit more to this and really, yeah, work really with go with it because yeah. I was just an employee 
who happened to be doing everything. Everything, (laughs) yeah. That was a great way to learn. (laughs) Or I needed to take a step back, which is actually what I decided to do and went freelance. Um, But before I quit that job, I kind of knew, and I'm sure he wouldn't want me saying this, but I kind of knew that I wanted to buy something. So before leaving, I could kind of put into place instead of quitting cold turkey and then going to try and get on the property ladder, I needed to do it whilst I was on a good salary. Um, so I, again, great advice to people yeah, because yeah. don't quit cold turkey. No. I love a, like people that quit their job and go on and do these amazing things. Like I love a story like that. But if you think that doesn't it happen to the majority, doesn't always happen that way. <laughs> yeah, though, does it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, don't quit cold turkey. Get your ducks in a row. And you know, if you're thinking about going freelance or being self-employed, but you're in a nice, cushy, well-paid job. Don't quit it before, because you need those three months. All you, you need do. to do is hang on for three, yeah. six months, get your mortgage. Um, and then, you know, a little further down the line, at least you can put everything into place, which Definitely. is exactly what I did. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you go freelance, self, being self-employed, normally, I mean, not every lender, but normally they're going to want three years. Oh, definitely. That's a long time yeah. um, to push yourself back, really. That's right. Yeah, Definitely. Um, so I see your next project is to knock down your bungalow in West yeah. London and build three flats. So tell us a bit oh, more about that. That sounds oh, huge. <laughs> I mean, it's fun and stressful. Um, <laughs> definitely my biggest project that I've done. Yeah. And by no means is there anywhere near like getting there. But we have now had planning accepted. So basically, we had a property down the road that we were living in on this street in Chiswick. Yeah. Um, we used to walk past this bungalow every day and it was derelict like the windows were smashed the grass was great it was like a jungle um, and we were always like what is happening with this property like no one's been living in it for at least a year um, and we were like it'd be so cute because it'd be like a step up for us it's on a massive like corner plot you're like it's got development potential yeah um, so one day when like the game was open we were like okay we're just gonna pop it probably, probably like shouldn't that. say that but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we did and we found a um estate agency board so we were like okay we're just going to call them and see what is happening with this and basically it'd been under offer for 18 months on like an option agreement um subject planning from developers that wanted to buy it and develop it but they'd been knocked back for 18 months and kept getting rejected kept getting rejected kept getting rejected so we said well can you put an offer from us forward slightly under what they yeah what we knew their offer was um, but we can take, we don't need it subject to planning. We yeah, we'll just take it as it is. We'll take mm-hmm. it as it is. We we would like to live in it actually for a bit. And it's like a step up for us. Yeah. And it's like part of our, our journey. And we'd love yeah. to love to live in it. And that's one of the things um, that's always a good bit of advice for people as well is to really tell your story when you're putting an offer forward. Yeah. Because if we hadn't like kind of put forward our, like, it's not emotional, but someone can understand our yeah. position. We're not just coming in. It's a lot, lot different to a developer, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, we are, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we don't need it subject to planning. Yeah. Um, and the guy that was selling it on behalf of his sister, who unfortunately had to go into a home, was like, yeah, yeah. I, want to, I now want to sell to these guys. I'm pulling out of that deal. And we managed to get it, which oh, was so what exciting. What a great story. Yeah, but also what came with that was the fact that we could access all of those plans that the developers had put oh, forward wow. online. Yeah. They've done half the work for us. <laughs> so now we you can see what, what was rejected yeah. as well. So yeah. They were getting rejected, what things we needed to change. Um, and the first thing that we did and 
we actually got accepted was to knock down the bungalow and put up five flats. Yeah. That took us, I mean, we thought we'd get planning in six months, which we did, we probably got it in about a year. So it took a lot longer. We had 57 objections oh, from neighbours, which was massive. Yeah. But another thing that people might not know is that Planning's a box-ticking exercise. Yeah, And true. you could have a hundred objections. If they're irrelevant, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So these 57 objections didn't matter. We could come back to every single one of them to argue against it. We did have to go to the planning committee because it's, it obviously gained a lot of local interest, um, which was an experience in itself. <laughs> but, of course, you, you learn from all these things. Um, yeah, we managed to get planning accepted. But because we'd lived in it for so long, we were like, actually, we... Now we've had this other idea that we think we could get more space out of it if we did a basement. There was a basement that had been done like round the corner from us. So precedents had been set. There yeah. were houses on the street that had done basements. So we were like, we reckon we could get a basement out of this. Oh, so went wow. back to planning. They rejected the basement purely on the fact that, okay, other places had done basements, but they were all houses and oh, this okay. was flats. And so they rejected it. So then we were like, but we've loved living here. Why don't we put a house one side with a basement? Yeah, and, and then flats the other side. That's a good idea. Still with a basement, but at least we've been give, we've given them that house. Then we might as well have a basement on the other side. So now we have planning accepted for that. So <laughs> we've got we finally got we finally there. did it. And now I guess like there's all the little the other little bits that go along with that, like thinking how we're going to finance it. Because I was at Grand Designs recently yes. uh, doing a talk yeah. there, but also listening to loads of other talks that were going on. And one of them was about self-build mortgages. Yes. And I was like, interesting. We're kind of doing this as like a development project. So we yeah. were thinking of doing this on development finance. Yeah. But there might be an angle that we could do the house, which is actually because we title split the land. So the house is number three. Yeah. The flats are number one because there was no number one on our street. Um it might actually work out that we could, because they're different addresses, we could do this the house on self-build mortgage and the flats on development finance. Yeah, that's good so idea. there's a few like question marks yeah. that we're still exploring. Um, and we actually back onto a bridge that's owned by National Rail. So um, we have to do a party war with them. They want to do something called a BAPA agreement, which basically means that we'd have to cover some of their insurances and they wanted 29 grand. Oh, so wow. I'm like, I'm trying to find an answer and solution to that which I think we've actually got so yeah. there's a few like, <laughs> like yeah, we haven't given up with it though oh, which no is way. great yeah. and the fact that we've got planning through which only came through I can't remember if it was beginning of this year or end of last year but yeah. it was it was recently and um, that was the big thing Yeah. Um, so now we've got that and we have that for three years so yeah. we've got three so years got time to solve the to problem yeah. and we've lived in it ourselves as well yeah. which is um, which has been a, a really good thing to do and although we're on a track mortgage Um, we've actually separated off our third bedroom and put in a little kitchenette it already had a um like a little ensuite and that was entered through a different separate entrance so we've blocked that off we rent it out as a studio for a thousand so that's covered probably how much so clever yeah definitely what i love about property is that you have to get creative. You and do. I feel like from being from a little like quite a creative background with like my music and things like that, it actually brings that in. Yeah. in. I love that. Yeah. yeah I definitely so sorry, that. I went off on a tangent no, it's telling okay. my story, but yes, there's the bungalow. <laughs> so you're you're quite hands-on when you come to building work. So what kind of inspires you to do it yourself and um saving money. <laughs> <laughs> Fair no, enough. Yeah. Um, 
so that do you enjoy doing, doing it though yeah. yeah and this is why i'm so excited about the next project because i will get to design something for myself like yes. everything i've designed in my developments previously has been looking at it for other people yeah so, so this is really yeah, what you want to bring is, yeah. yeah this is going to be a little bit crazy and i want like flower walls and neon signs and yeah um, <laughs> It's, I've got this I like, can't wait to see the pictures. Yes. I think it's going to look great. It's going to be so much fun. And I've got, I've got, it sounds really bizarre, but like from when I was a kid, basically I used to go to the zoo every weekend with my mum and dad. Yeah. And there was, do you remember those ride on like, uh, like rides as a kid? You put 20 p yes. in. Yes. Yeah. Like there was this ride on Tiger. He was called <laughs> and like, I just, he was so cute. And then he must have like failed some health and safety test. And the zoo he got taken away. So my dad was like, well, can we have him? Oh. My daughter. And, and they funny. just gave this to my dad. So I've got this, like, giant plastic tiger. <laughs> and I'm like, he's going to my house. I don't know where he's going to go, like, popping out of the wall or oh, something. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> in brilliant. The but this is what I mean. Like, you can get so creative. You can. push boundaries with yeah. stuff and make it, like, a little bit fun. Whereas, yeah, before, everything was, like, Egyptian cotton grey because you're appealing to the masses. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. What do you enjoy most about your property ventures? Oh, what do I, I think... For me, it's exactly like I said, like being a bit creative. Like I think knowing your skill set and what you're good at and what you're not good at. Like I'm personally not great with like numbers. So yes. if my boyfriend and I go and look at a development, um, he can do numbers off the top of his head and be like, this is a deal, this isn't a deal, it's not going to stack up. I need to go home for an hour and write it down. <laughs> and think about it, <laughs> and yeah. away on my calculator. Um, and I've just never been quick at doing things like that. So that's where his skill set comes in and he can no, okay, we'd have to put a beam in here, we'd have to do that here and calculate it all in his head. But my strength comes from looking at floor plans and reconfiguring spaces. So uh, like my go-to developments in Acton Chiswick, W3, W4 in West London, which I was saying invest where you know, and I feel like I know that area quite well. I know what you expect to get for different prices. I know the agents who can send me the deals before anyone else. Um, And so looking at like a large one bedroom, how can I just move some walls around internally, not do any massive extension projects and create a two bedroom out of it as a flip? Or, I mean, ideally I try and hold any property in London, I think is, you know, end goals, capital appreciation. Um, Fingers crossed, hoping, (laughs) hoping uh, that's the plan. But yeah, so to hold it, but that's a great way of getting a two bedroom out of a one bedroom space. Yeah, that's great. So I love your mission about making property fun and easy to understand. So what do you think the industry can do really to help achieve this and to make it not so intimidating? Yeah, I just think so many people, and me myself included, when I first got into property, I found it so intimidating yes. and, and so stressful. And, you know, it's always very like the third most stressful life event after death and divorce. It is. That's yeah. shocking. It is. Like, I just think that moving house how whatever why why ever you're moving and I appreciate like some people are moving maybe even because of one of those top two reasons and it's not a fun experience and you're being forced into it and you don't want to do it but it's still a new chapter however you look at it it's a new chapter it's a fresh start yeah and I just think people should be excited about it so how can people kind of make it a little bit more fun I think first of all breaking things down because that's a lot of why things are stressful because you don't understand them and I was in that position 12 years ago. Yeah. Like, I got rejected on my first mortgage because of stupid things. I didn't, like, tiny little things yes. that I didn't understand. Whereas if someone had, if I listened to your podcast, if I watched yeah. videos on TikTok and Instagram, 
you'd learn all of that. And I feel like that wasn't around then. So utilising these social media um, platforms for informative educational content, exactly like you're doing yeah. with the podcast. Yeah. It's just what I think people need people to do. People need it, breaking definitely. Breaking things down, going back to basics. Um, yeah, and just helping people enjoy things a little bit more and also telling people the things that can go wrong. Yes. So it's not a surprise when it happens and you're then aware of it and you're like, you know what, I already planned for this. It's all good. We're on plan B. I to deal with it. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like with my latest development, I've gone from plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. There's no plans anymore. Yeah. There's no plans. Yeah. We're just bringing it now. Yeah. <laughs> that is my life. <laughs> oh, Brilliant. So what's the best piece of advice you can give to an investor who's looking for a property? Sometimes people can be a bit scared when they're they're starting out in their investment journey. Yeah, I think view, view, view. Go and view things so you can compare them, so you really understand in certain areas what you are getting pound per square foot. And knowing, because then that really helps you go home, do the numbers and stack up whether that actually is going to be a deal or not. And also knowing using a team like I feel like you have to have a team on side that is bringing their different skill sets to the table like you can't do everything yourself yeah. and like I said earlier like numbers are not my strong point so having someone around that really can advise me on things like that which is my boyfriend which is great that he's my business partner yeah. too really helping each other out um, and having a team around you it's okay to not be good at everything but as in, as much as knowing where your strengths are, know where your weaknesses are and bring someone in that can advise you on those weaknesses so that you're not going into something blind or making silly mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably the biggest thing as an investor, um, just doing your research, doing your due diligence, getting other people's opinions. Like, yeah. Because sometimes a fresh pair of eyes can see things that you have missed. Definitely. Definitely. So... What's the best piece of advice you could give to a first-time buyer? Because it's slightly different to, to investors. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that journey process is so different for a first-time buyer definitely. as well. I think it's using resources that are out there that educate you on different options for first-time buyers. There's actually, there, I think there's about 20 different options that are out there, products on the market for first-time buyers. Yeah. And half of those people have never heard of. So yeah really doing that research and knowing the options for a first time buyer and knowing the pros and the cons to those of different each options one, definitely. because not one like property in itself is never one size fits all and I feel like okay things like shared ownership might work for your best mate but actually yes. it might not be the best thing for you yeah um, fairly new homes were doing like their um one percent deposit yeah. which for some people is perfect okay yeah. you're buying you still would be able to afford a hundred percent of that home but for those people, you put down that 1%. Might be their only option. Yeah, yeah. we've just had 100% mortgages. I mean, yes. everyone's got very different opinions on it. And I yes. do not think, like, it is risky. It's dangerous. I do not think it works for everyone. But there is a select few people out there that that is going to be a great product for. Yeah. So it's knowing as much what works for you, what and they doesn't change, work the products <laughs> change all the, all time, the time as well, yeah. don't they? There's yeah, always yeah. new things coming exactly. out. And, um, you know, as we know, the mortgage rates go up and down and all sorts. So, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's, it's about doing your homework. And knowing what you can, I guess, like as a first-time buyer, knowing your affordability, knowing what you can afford, being prepared, things like being registered on the electoral register is a yes. massive like, little thing that yes, people don't definitely. know that actually that kind of helps you having a good credit score, just having all those things, thinking about can I, you know, what big outgoings have I got, cars, phones, 
all your different accounts. Like yeah. I went through my accounts recently and okay, it doesn't knock you down by loads of things, but I was paying £14 for my phone insurance when it's already covered by my bank. Yeah. So I could get rid of that. My boyfriend and I were paying £9.99 a month each on Spotify and we're like, well, you might as well be paying that yeah, together. Exactly. Like it's all these things yeah. that until you sit down and go through your accounts, I'm like, oh my God, I'm wasting money left, right and centre. And it's yeah. small it's amounts, the little but things. it all adds up. Yeah, but it's the small things you miss as well, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, because if you can do, you know... I've probably saved fifty pounds a month on just wait, yeah. like, and that's been going on for probably ten months that I haven't noticed. Yeah. I'm like, what it's crazy, doing? isn't it? It's going crazy. Through your accounts, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what are your best tips when looking to renovate a property? Ooh, best top tips when looking to renovate. I guess that how are you going to be adding value? Because that's the biggest thing. So how are you going to be adding that value? Is it by, normally it comes by adding square footage. So yes. how are you doing that? Are you doing it from an extension, side, rear, loft, basement? Like, <laughs> how are you adding to, to it? How are you adding that other value? Are you do what are you, you know, what are you looking to do? Is it the kitchens, the bathrooms? They're the top rooms that people are yes. always looking for. They can kind of deal with everything else, but they need a modern kitchen and a bathroom. And I guess looking at your why, why are you renovating? Is it for yourselves to use as a family? Do you need extra space? Is that why you're doing an extension? Or are you doing it as an investment? In which case, always think about your target market and your person that's going to be using that. Yeah. If you're doing if you're an investor and you're looking to do short-term accommodation or you're looking to turn a property into a HMO, think about who's going to be using that. Who's your end user? Who's going to be living there? Yeah. And does the layout work for them? So you might want to give, you know, do a more combined open plan, kitchen, dining space, living space, if you're doing a HMO and really boosting the size of the bedrooms because then a lot of those people will be spending most of the time in their bedrooms and then making sure that, they are big enough to house yes. working from home. Yes. Um, you know, maybe even having, just think, just thinking about who is going to be living there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's good. Um, so I might regret asking you this, yeah. but from your point of view, what can the conveyancing industry do to make the moving process better? Ooh, so I'm kind of uh, after a different oh, viewpoint, I yeah. think. So I can say one thing, but... I know, but it's... As a conveyancer, you're doing everything that you can. I think people, yeah. I think it's more educating people on why that process takes so long. Yes. That's the main thing. Yes. Because you can't speed it up. You can't really. No, it's still the process. That's it's the still thing. The process. Yeah. My um, grandparents, well, my family helped out my grandparents buying a property in Devon for kind of them to move out of the house into a flat. Yeah. It was all cash. There was no chain. It's still taking six months. Yeah. Like, it's just the way it is at the yeah, and I think just educating people on why it takes yes, that that's long wrong. and what to expect at each step of the process because I think people think okay I've you know I've had my offer accepted and some one person is just going to go in do some surveys and yes, then we're off we go that's right but there's so many more steps <laughs> there's a lot more steps there's a lot more steps <laughs> Um, and also, I think it's definitely about education, and, and there's no such thing as a straightforward property. I no. think I find no. all the thousands that <laughs> I've done, people say, "Oh, so it's straightforward, it's straightforward," but it, it really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. I wish it was. It never is. But even that, making people aware that it's it never is straightforward. And going back to what we said earlier, yes. like what are all the things that can go wrong? Yes, so that's that right. you understand yeah. them, and when they if if they do go wrong, you're like you're not overwhelmed by it because you're like what well, we thought this might happen yeah that's right so i think information is is the key really isn't it 
Um, so, so what's next for Lexi? So, what's what are your future plans? <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm, uh, so definitely the bungalow. The bungalow yes, so that's going to be kind of tied a priority. Yeah. yeah. So that's the big thing, property wise. I would really like to get some short term accommodation, like Airbnb style property in my yes. hometown in Devon. Oh, um, but I think personally that there's we're going to now find that there's a lot more restrictions coming in on things like that. So I may have missed the boat. I feel yes, like people got into are. that pre-COVID laughing. Yes, um, that's right. And now I don't know if it's quite the right time. So we'll see. But all like uh, like cash is stuck in the, in the bungalow <laughs> at the minute. So that's up there. I've got my development in Fulham, which uh, is going on the market mid-June. Oh, so good. that will be quite fun. I'll document that on my yes, socials. For um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then presenting wise and things like that like I would I've pitched a couple of tv shows and I'd love to make my way into like some form of property television yeah it's a personal goal of mine as oh well. we'll yeah. be lucky to have you definitely <laughs> we'll definitely be lucky to have you well thank you so much thank for coming you. today it's been such a good insight and you you definitely bring the fun fact of property <laughs> so keep that right going I love you. that I yeah love I love what that. you're doing with this podcast so <laughs> oh, thank you thank you so much <laughs>